You are now tuned in to the Meesey Muse Unplugged, a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor. Hey, my go-getters. Welcome to the Missy Muse Unplugged Podcast Show. I'm your host, Chrissy Lindor. And today, go-getters, we're actually going to be doing a little bit of a different type of episode. I'm going to dub this one of the bench. So this is another bench edition. If you recall, we actually did a bench episode, I want to say back in September, where we just really took a break bench or some firms call it the beach on the bench is a consulting lingo or taking a break so any downtime in between projects that individuals have as a consultant is termed being on the bench and so this is a bench episode i wanted to take a moment and just really celebrate how far the podcast has come and i wanted to thank you all for being such gracious listeners Wanted to share some stats. So this week, the podcast, Me See Me's Unplugged, turned nine months old. So we're shy of a year old. We'll be a year old in July. But I really want to take a pause and just thank you all. We've been able to produce over 40 episodes with that many guests on the show. Really great conversations. We've had over 22,000, yes, 22,000 episode downloads of the show since it started over a thousand plus subscribers and we now have go-getters listening to the show in 70 countries so i remember i think the last time i did a bench episode we had about we had go-getters listeners in about 38 countries at that time so yeah so now we've definitely increased our presence in 70 countries across six continents and that's seven zero which is fantastic and in the U.S. alone, the U.S. is actually the Missy Muse Unplugged's biggest market for podcast listeners. We have listeners in 44 of the 50 states. And so I'm super thrilled. I mean, the podcast has really grown and expanded, and it's been so much more than I ever thought it would be. I remember when I started the show back in July last year, I was just thinking, hey, I'm going to put together a podcast. I'm going to dub it a pop-up because I didn't know how long I was going to be doing it. I didn't know if anyone was going to tune in, anyone was going to care to tune in. So I dumped it a pop-up and say, hey, let's see what happens. And if it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. And I started it, you know, really kind of bare bones. I started this thing and it's really taken a life on its own. It's really added a lot of dimension to my life and the wonderful relationships I've been able to build through the podcast. But I think most importantly, I continue to hear from you go-getters. And I remember I used to say that a lot on the show is, I'm only going to keep doing this if I hear from people, because if it seems like no one cares, well, then I'm going to move on. If You know, as consultants, we want to always add value. And so to me, it was like, if this was not valuable, we're not doing this anymore. And that's okay. I was going to be perfectly okay if I tried it out and, you know, a couple months in, no one tuned in, I'd say, you know what? I tried, right? But that has not been the case. I've continued continue to get emails, continue to hear people giving me feedback, things they'd like to hear on the show, introducing me to guests. I've even had people, you know, been able to make career decisions. And that's been so amazingly important for me, for me to hear that this show has helped people make career decisions, help people pick projects, 
help people decide even what firm they're going to go to, help people land consulting jobs. And so that impact is exactly what this is all about. And I'm just so grateful to be in the space that I am in, doing what we're doing here. Nothing brings me more joy than to really be living and being the mentor that I wish I had. I know I talked about, I think in the beginning, I was striving to be that. And, you know, one of my mentees, yeah, I was having a conversation with her and, you know, she reminded me and said, Christy, you're no longer trying to be the mentor you wish you had. You are the mentor you wish you had. And so I thank her for that reminder. And I hope that I continue to bring that through and through in the show now and as long as the show continues to be available. And so I think in celebration of thanking you go-getters and in celebration of these tremendous milestones, I actually wanted to do a little bit of a flashback, you know, Flashback Fridays. I wanted to do a little bit of a flashback episode. And I was kind of going through my mind and thinking about all the different, you know, 40 plus episodes that we've done to date. I think we're at like number 43 or so. And if we actually count, I did a couple of interludes. If we count that, we're probably up in the 50s, to be honest. But I wanted to, I took a step back and thought, which episode really helped people, really provided a lot of impact? And which one was really, you know, and all of them are great, right? But I think the one that was really the most timeless was an episode that I did back in November. It was actually with Michelle Florendo, and we talked about the psychology of decision-making. So a little bit about Michelle. Michelle is actually a former management consultant, she is a decision analysis expert and a career coach. And she actually, on that episode, she really unpacked not only her journey in consulting, how she made the transition into the career coaching work she's doing today, but she also, you know, really kind of broke down the concept of decision making, what are kind of the components of strategic decision making, and how you can take these concepts and really apply it time and time again, whether you are making big decisions or you're making kind of small, simple decisions. You know, she really helps you kind of think through that. I know that decision-making, when I talk to my mentees and when I talk to a lot of go-getters out there, people are really sometimes feeling stuck. They, you know, they feel overwhelmed. There's a lot of opportunities out there, a lot of decisions, a lot of different things, and people are always scared to make the wrong decision. And I think anyone who's ambitious and high-performing and really out there, motivated, we kind of sometimes build that pressure onto ourselves. And so what I really loved about this episode was not only the simplicity of the concepts that Michelle shared, but also the tremendous values it brings. So we're going to replay this episode for today's information. And I think with that, I definitely want to hear from you all. So drop me a line, mecmusunplugged at gmail.com if you've got any other ideas, thoughts you'd like to share on decision making or anything in general. This weekend, go-getters, I am hitting the TEDx stage for the first time. I will, by the time we speak in the next week or so, I will officially become a TEDx speaker. I will be giving a talk in Spain this weekend on how to create high-performing organizational cultures. And I look forward to sharing those perspectives and I look forward to sharing the video once it's available. So with that, thank you so much again, go-getters, and let's get started. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on the Misa News Unplugged today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited about our conversation today. 
Before we get started, maybe if you can take a moment to introduce yourself to the go-getters of the Mise Mise Unplugged. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. I feel like with all of the different things that I've done, the way that I boil things down are that I'm essentially an engineer by trade. That's where I started, but also a type A management consultant, former brand marketer turned career coach for high achieving professionals. I, I love that. So the it, it's just it's just such a nice like mashup, Michelle. So you engineer, you know, consultant, and then with the coach. Maybe if you can take a step back and and share with us, like, how did you decide to go into consulting? And you can share with us. That'd be great. It's so funny because looking back, I didn't. I had no idea what consulting was when I started college, and I feel like that's that can sometimes be a common thing because to this day, my dad does not understand what I did when I was a consultant. <laughs> but I, you know, originally I was really good at math and science. And so going into school, I went to Stanford. I really knew that I wanted to be an engineer. Like I, I wanted to be able to use my analytical skills to be able to solve problems. Engineering seemed to be the way to do it. Settled on basically industrial engineering with a specialization in decision engineering which we'll probably get to later on in this call. But over the course of my undergraduate career, I found myself interacting with a lot of different students who are interested also in problem solving, but more on the business side of things. And so they were talking about management consulting. And again, I went into school having no idea what that was. So I'd ask, you know, well, what's that? And the way that it was explained to me was that consultants essentially get to go around and help companies and other organizations solve their problems. I thought, wow, well, that sounds awesome. I I love solving problems. I would love to help solve problems for other people as well. And so, you know, when I was going through recruiting, I looked at a lot of different consulting companies, found one where the people were just a really great fit and decided to start my career there. And, you know, even though I eventually left the world of consulting. It was such a wonderful place to learn and really like get great exposure to a number of different things. If I had to do it all over again, I still would. So you mentioned when you were in consulting and all of the, the great experiences you have, maybe if you can share a story of, you know, what was, what was your aha moment when you decided that it was, it was time to, to make a different decision uh, maybe share a little bit of, uh, with us, like the crosswords you were at and, and like, how did you make the leap from consulting into to coaching? Well, I'll, I'll definitely talk about how I made the leap from consulting. And then I did a number of different things before I ended up in coaching. But like I said, consulting was a really great place for me to start and just learn the ropes of being able to interact with clients, work on a team, solve ambiguous problems. Uh, But over the course of my time, I was working at essentially a boutique consulting firm. I found myself not, not seeing a future for myself at the firm. Because while I continued to learn, the things that I was learning was not necessarily the direction in which I wanted to grow. And I just remember being on a particular project and it was incredibly stressful. The client was just really, really demanding. And and I just hit a point where I was like, you know what? This is, this is not where I want to stay for the next five years. But at the same time, I felt so lost 
because I hadn't actually done the thinking around, well, what is it that I would do instead? Like, what is it that I actually want to do? I just knew that, you know, what I was doing at the moment wasn't it. And because I didn't have a clear vision of what I did, what I wanted to do next, I felt really stuck and stayed that way for, for a bit of time until I was talking to mentors, talking to fellow alums. And one of my mentors said, okay, wait a minute, Michelle. So let me get this straight. You studied decision engineering and you use this skill set to help companies make the best decisions for them. Why not use that same skill set to make the best decision for yourself? And I thought, why didn't I think of that? But I think it speaks to, you know, the fact that it's so valuable to have mentors sometimes, just people on the outside to point out what may have been right under your nose the entire time. And so with, with that advice, I you know, leaned back on my training and decision analysis and really thought through, okay, well, you know, what, what is it that I want? And, you know, what were the decisions that had me arrive at this place? What were the, you know, factors of those decisions that didn't work? for me anymore? How did I want to change and what options existed out there that could be a better fit? That was such a great story. I I think we've all gotten to the, to that kind of that stuck moment, uh, you know, with, within our lives. And, And I know I've had a couple moments like that. So you, I think it was great that you had such an amazing mentor to, to really help you kind of see that. Cause, cause the answer is sometimes right in front of us. But sometimes it's just hard to see. Yeah, just like up to our ears in in something else. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, as I heard your story, Michelle, it it reminded me of a quote. Uh, I was I was checking out your website and Go Getters. I'll definitely put a link to Michelle's website. But I I, I came across a, a quote you said in a video that I I actually think I'm going to put on like on like I'm going to print it out on like a and frame it and put it in my office because. Because I think it's it's such an important and grounded quote. So you mentioned in the video, and you, I don't know if you remember when you said this, but <laughs> you said, you know, what what we were taught is to be successful, but not to be happy. And I think that's such a powerful quote. And I think it's so important for people to 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 think about that sometimes, especially in, in, in careers that are as demanding as consulting. So maybe if you can share a little bit of context of, of, of that quote and kind of, you know, where you were, you were coming from in that, in that space. Yeah. So a little bit about my background. I'm, I'm the daughter of immigrants. Uh, I think you can relate to this too. And so at least the, the story that I grew up with, and this is going to be my best impression of my dad, was <laughs> the key to success is to study hard do well in school, go to college, get a good job. Mm-hmm. The end. And I, I don't know if that that story or that formula resonates with you, but you know that's what was kind of drilled into my mind growing up. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to study hard. I'm going to do well in school. I'm going to go to the best college I can go to. And then I'm going to go and get that quote unquote good job. And what I realized was, you know, that that wasn't it there was still more to the so-called formula especially since you know that formula at least it, it worked for me in order to get to a place where I was successful but that didn't necessarily mean that I was happy 
And I think sometimes we conflate the two. And it's something that I see a lot in the clients that I work with in my private practice where, you know, they're high achieving, like I said, type A professionals. They know what are the things they need to do in order to succeed. They've like had their plan. They plan who knows how many steps in advance. They execute against the plan. And, you know, they, they're there and they've made it. And yet something doesn't feel or it doesn't feel fulfilling, or maybe it did in the beginning, but over time, they realize something is missing. And I think that that's, that's a trap that high achievers can really fall into sometimes, especially because we're so used to being able to execute so well against, you know, this plan, this plan of action, this pre-carved out path, that we forget that, you know, there's this other component to life, you know, and that's, doing the work and doing the self-reflection to really understand, okay, outside of what we've been told is success, what does success actually look like for us, for me? What does that mean? And how does that either align or differ from these pre-carved out paths that we've been made aware of? Now available on Amazon. Management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The Misi Muse. A hundred plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. The Misi Muse provides insights, stories and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christy conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates, and more info, go to www.mecmuse.us. It's so true. And I, you, you said that story, and I, I, I was watching your video, and I felt like you were talking to me. <laughs> really did because I was like oh my gosh we like we I was I was thinking about my mind I was like Michelle's dad and 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 family must know minds they must be reading the same <laughs> playbook because I heard the same things growing up and you know I I actually ended up going to to business school because that was the thing my mom told me that I should do you know in order to be successful it was I had three choices two three career paths they either become a doctor a lawyer, lawyer or and right. en- actually no four an engineer or an entrepreneur and I was like well I, I'm, I don't I'm like I don't like blood <laughs> I was like I didn't know if, I was like, yeah I was like I didn't know if I wanted to really be a lawyer I'm like I'm not really that great of an engineer I don't see myself doing that so I was like well okay I'm gonna become a business person and that's that's kind of how I made my decision so and it's funny how that decision is is what kind of led me down this path and same I didn't know what consulting was either so we we just have it's just it's just fascinating I find and I don't know if it's kind of the first generation experience Michelle or if it's others so I'm curious if if others kind of have the same mentality well you you speak to a lot of different uh, you know professionals Mm -hmm. what what's your thoughts is it is this a is an immigrant you know experience or well I mean I do think that that whole study hard, go to school, get a job formula is resonates with a lot of children of immigrants. But I do think that people who may not even have had parents who are immigrants or people who are not first generation, 
if they if they're in that like you know high achiever set, there still is this common feeling of oh, like if this then that. If I do this, then I will be successful. If I get this, then I will be happy. And what I guess where things don't work out is when that formula doesn't actually turn out to be true. And then people feel lost. Like, wait a minute, I did I did all of the things. I did everything in the list. Why am I not happy? And what's so interesting, and I think I talk about this in an article that's on my LinkedIn, what's, what's so interesting to me is that sometimes I'll see like, type A high achievers in this place where they feel stuck, they feel unhappy, but they won't say anything. They Mm. won't reach out. They won't ask for help because there's this level of almost shame around, wait, I did all the things. Why am I not happy? Like I have this great job. I have this great salary. Like all these people would love to be where I'm at. I should be happy. And then there's almost like this, this spiral of, well, I should be happy, but I'm not. Oh, why am I not happy? And then sometimes it kind of just devolves from there. And so it's been really interesting to see that in people and see just the shift that can be made, even when they just make that first decision around, you know what, I I don't want to be unhappy anymore and I want to do something about it. Right, right. And I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned decision because it's a nice segue uh, to, to kind of my next question. And since you did study decision analysis, and I know that's probably a lot, you know, the framework of a lot of the work you do, I think it'd be great if we can, you know, maybe talk about that for a second. And I would love, you know, for you to, Michelle, share with our, with the go-getters, like, what are, you know, if we take the idea of decisions, right, and we kind of unpack that, maybe you can share, you know, some thoughts on, on, on ways that people can can make more meaningful decisions, you know, if they are stuck or, you know, they're trying to to solve a specific problem. Share with us like some of your best practices. Yeah, happy to because one of the things that I've realized recently is that my mission in life is to empower people to be happier through the application of better decision making. And, and when I think about it, it's kind of funny because when I tell people, what I studied in school and essentially what I've been studying for the past 15 years, so studying decision engineering at Stanford and then studying how that can be applied to personal decision making. I get a lot of people coming up to, oh my gosh, I hate decisions. I hate making decisions. It stresses me out. Can you tell me how to do this better? And I would love to get to a place where people can see that decision making doesn't have to be this stressful experience. It can actually be really empowering. Like I said, you know, if you find yourself in a place where things aren't working out, one of the most empowering things you can do is decide to do something different or decide to take action. And so it makes me think about why is it? Why is it that decisions feel so stressful or get people tied up in knots? And one of the things that I noticed was, so there's this this fallacy out there, and I, I feel like if people were to recognize this other fundamental truth of decision analysis and decision engineering, it would free them from a lot of stress. And so this this principle is basically the fact that the quality of your decision is separate and distinct from the quality of the outcome. And so if you think about it, a lot of people get stressed out because they get caught up around, what if I make the wrong decision? Right. And, you know, I'll probe people about that. Okay, well, what, 
what makes a decision wrong? And they might say, well, you know, what if I, I make a decision to do this thing and it turns out that something bad happens? And, and then I'll say, okay, well, did you know that bad thing was going to happen when you had that decision? And I said, well, no, because you know, it was unexpected. I'm like, all right. Well, you made the best decision you could with the information you had. And I think sometimes that lands with people. The way that I like to, to explain it even further is, you know, decisions are about the things you can control, right? Uncertainties are the things that you cannot control. And you can't beat yourself up about the uncertainties that you can't control. So a classic example of this is, you know, if you think about the weather, we get weather reports, and I still find it fascinating that in this day and age, we can't fully predict the weather. <laughs> but, you know, let's say that you wanted to go to the beach this weekend, and you know, the weather reports say that, you know, there's only a 15% chance of rain. And so I would ask someone, okay, given a 15% chance of rain, would you choose to go to the beach if that's how you want to spend your weekend? And they may say, Yes. All right, so let's fast forward. Let's say you go to the beach and then it rains. Now, was that necessarily a bad decision? And I think most people would say no, right? It wasn't your fault that it rained. And, you know, by all all measure of the information you had at your hands, you didn't think it was going to rain. It was only 15% chance. Right. And so I think if people realize and just internalize the fact that their decisions and the quality of their decision, whether it's good or bad, is separate from the quality of the outcome. It'll free them from a lot of stress because they'll recognize that you can only worry about making the best decision you can and all the uncertainties that are outside of your control, you've got to let go of. But the good news is that, you know, once you're at the beach, you have, and if it's raining, you have a chance to make a new decision, right? You can empower yourself to choose to you know, go into you know a restaurant and get out of the rain. Right, right. I'm sure people listening to this uh, episode are gonna they're gonna probably be freed <laughs> from the chains of of not you know not acting. Sometimes I think you know that not only like okay, it, can I make a bad decision? But I think you know sometimes people don't make decisions kind of for fear of missing out on the mm-hmm. unknown. You know and. I think what you just said was just so spot on and I can just hear like, you know, chains breaking, literally like people rethinking that. So I think that was really powerful, Michelle. So thank you for sharing that. What advice would you give any consultants or, you know, aspiring consultants out there that may be at a crossroads, you know, they're trying to, you know, like you were saying, make the right decision. And, you know, I love how you talked about how you, you know, you re- you figured out, you know, when you were in consulting at, at some point, it, it was not for you. And to your point, there's probably a lot of people out there that either consulting is for them and they're they're scared to make the wrong decision, you know, or they realize they're in consulting and it's not for them and they're scared again to make the wrong decision. Like what advice would you give both parties? Yeah, well, so as I mentioned before, you got to focus on what are the things that you can control? And that's, you know, being thoughtful about the decision in front of you. And, uh, you know, one of the insights that I'd love to share with those of you listening is that every decision has three components. And if you think through each of those three components, you can be pretty confident that you've taken the time to be able to make a good decision. And so 
those three components, gosh, I feel like I'm going into consulting speak. (laughs) (laughs) So the first of those three components is really understanding what are your objectives? Your objectives are what is it that you want? And to to what you had said earlier about that quote that you pulled from my video, it's not about, you know, what is it that you want to make yourself successful or what is it that society wants for you in order for you to be successful? It's what do you want in order to be happy? And sometimes it takes, you know, some separation and some sifting through things to understand, you know, what is it that's core to you that'll make you happy and what is it that's coming from the outside? So that's the the first piece of any decision, understanding what are your objectives. The second piece is really getting an understanding of what your various options are. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is, you know, they'll look first to the most obvious options. Like maybe it's, oh, I need to either stay in this job or I need to go to business school. Whereas there's likely other options out there especially beyond the most obvious ones, if you put the time into exploring those. And it does take time, it does take effort, but I've found that it pays off because there are often other options out there that may be better suited to getting your objectives than necessarily the most obvious ones. So the first piece to think through, what are your objectives that are unique to you? Second piece is, you know, what are your options really, and the ones even beyond the obvious ones. And then the third piece is, you know, thinking through what information do you have on how these various options may deliver on your objectives. And the key piece here is not to try to gather every single piece of information you possibly can, because, you know, in in this world, you won't get perfect information. If you're already working in consulting, you probably already know it's impossible to get perfect data, right? If you've ever tried to get that from a client. And so in examining the information that you have, it's really about not how much information can you possibly get and can you boil the ocean, but instead, what is enough information and specifically which information matters in terms of how these various options deliver on your objectives. And so if you take the time to, you know, really examine and be thoughtful about each of those three components of any decision, your objectives, your options, the information, and how much information you need to move forward, then you can get to a place where you can be confident about the decision you want to make going forward. Now, I know we only have limited time in this conversation, and I could talk about decision making like for days. <laughs> and so like if, if anyone out there would love a tool to be able to help them think through those various pieces of you know what you may be facing at a crossroads in your career, I do have a really great tool on my website. It's called the Quick Start Guide to Figuring Out What's Next. And it's essentially 28 pages of exercises that'll lead you through some of that self-reflection to help you sift through what may be really relevant in the decision you're facing. Well, this is this is awesome. And and go getters, I will definitely put a, a link, a direct link to the quick start guide. I I love the three part framework for decision making. Like that's that's so like pithy and actionable. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Maybe you can you can give us if, if people are interested in reaching out to you and connecting with you, Michelle, like what are some ways uh, folks can contact you? Yeah, so if you 
love to talk more or get in touch with me, I have a contact form on my website, so you can get a hold of me there. Or you're also welcome to email me at michelle at whatifyoucould.be. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for all these. I mean, it's funny. This is an AMA, kind of like a virtual fireside chat, and you've given so much really actionable techniques and practices. So it's it's just actually really, really cool. Any any last thoughts or um, remarks you want to share with, with the go-getters? Yeah. I think the, the last thing that I would leave you with is, again, decision-making doesn't have to be a stressful thing. It can be an empowering thing. And you always have an opportunity to make a decision. Even if you're in a situation where you feel like nothing is in your control, you can still decide how you want to frame how you're seeing the situation and how you want to feel. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. Well, thank you so much for that, Michelle. I thank you so much for being on today's show. This is great. Would love to have you in the future if you're if you're available. Absolutely. Again, like when when I first found out about your podcast, I was so excited because I thought finally a podcast just for consultants. <laughs> I love yeah. it. As soon as I saw it, Missy, oh, she must be a consultant. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, it's so funny that uh, as I hear everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my goodness. I can see this being a very popular episode because it, you, you've just given so many gems. So I would love to have you again on the show. So thank you. And thank you, my go-getters, for tuning in today. Uh, this is Christy Lindor signing out for the Misi Muse Unplugged Pop-Up Podcast. Here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in every Friday for new episodes syndicated on iTunes, Google Play Music, and many more. Visit www.misimuse.com for more information.